This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. It is unfortunately common for people to feel alienated from their government, to feel as though the problems they experience in their neighborhoods are not the problems that officials are talking about at City Hall. This feeling of alienation can lead to a lack of engagement, which can lead to a further feeling of alienation, and on and on in a vicious cycle. The City of Chattanooga Department of Neighborhood Services is one way the city is working to break that cycle. In this episode, we'll learn more about the Neighborhood Services Department and how they are working to better reconnect citizens with our government. So I'm Lisa Thompson. I'm the Neighborhood Services Manager for the City of Chattanooga. Awesome. So what is Neighborhood Services? What encompasses yeah, all of neighborhood great. services. So neighborhood services is a function of Mayor Kelly's administration. We're in the Office of Community Development. So in prior administrations, you had an Office of Economic and Community Development that kind of worked in tandem with one another. Mayor Kelly and his team have decided they want to split those functions. So there's an Economic Development Office. They're doing economic development you know, initiatives, recruiting businesses, and community development is focusing on literally the development of the community. So how we play into that neighborhood services is we work directly with neighborhood associations, and we'll talk about neighborhood associations, and citizens connecting citizens with City Hall, but also feeding City Hall data and details on what specifically citizens in Chattanooga are concerned about. So as Mayor Kelly and his staff are thinking about their one Chattanooga plan, for example, and city council's thinking about budget initiatives and how to spend capital dollars. We're doing that in a more thoughtful approach because we're actually listening to what citizens and neighbors are telling us they need. So we're almost like like a liaison team, if you mm-hmm. will. So what are the primary ways that you fulfill that function in terms of how do you gather that information mm-hmm. Yeah. So we work primarily with our neighborhood associations. So our neighborhood associations are established organizations within the city based on uh, neighborhoods. So it may be based on a zip code, but it also is more historical neighborhoods like Stewart Heights, Eastdale, East Lake, uh, the small kind of pocket communities of Chattanooga is the way I kind of think of them. I'm from Nashville and that's kind of Nashville's that same kind of model. Um, and so we actually go in, so we have neighborhood relations specialists uh, in my team, and they're assigned to a council district. So we divide the council districts up evenly. So each person has a number of council districts, and they'll work within those geographical areas with their established neighborhood associations, being like a technical support. So we don't always go to the meeting. But if someone calls and says we need a speaker or we are defunct, we need to get reorganized. Obviously, during COVID, they needed to know how to meet virtually or in a safe space. Now they want to continue meeting in a safe space just because nobody wants to re-engage in kind of a public format. So that's kind of what our core functionality is, is working within the neighborhood associations, doing our work within those groups. We've expanded it just because Mayor Kelly has allowed us to kind of reformulate our office. And what we're doing there is instead of going, you know, you and I know it's so hard to get somebody to come to a meeting. 
So what one of our staff members came up with was a walk and talk. So we are going within our neighborhood associations and our council districts. Uh, we go and do a walk and talk where that's literally what it sounds like. We go out an established route. It's usually one to two blocks just to keep it you know, accessible and low key. And we walk the neighborhood with the council person, with the neighborhood association leaders, stakeholders. We've had the chief of police come, public works has come. We've had, you know, people just show up and say, I heard about this and I want to show you something on this blog. And what we're doing, I know this is a podcast, so I'm going to point to stuff and you're going to tell me this is not on video, but we're trying to transform passion into action. So what I mean by that is, you know, in my neighborhood, there's a pothole that drives me crazy every time I see it. I want to just go fill it, right? I'm a city planner. I can fill a pothole. But if I'm just a, you know, a nice grandmotherly lady who sees that pothole and says, that's a safety, who do I contact? Then in these walk and talks, we're connecting that person with the public works director or the associate of public works who says, okay, tomorrow we'll have a crew out here and that pothole is fixed. So we're transforming a lot of passion into action. And we're also just making a lot of, I have a thing, things that have been just really troubling people about their neighborhoods, we're actually fixing things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we're feeding that data back into city hall to say, Hey, we need money to finance these projects. You know, budgets are, are coming due in October. So we're feeding into the council persons, every council person's district, what we want them to think about when they're thinking about what they're going to petition capital dollars for, because every neighborhood is different. Common things are sidewalks, potholes, streets need to be paved, we have crime, we have, you know, we have children in the streets that just literally need somewhere to go. So in our new kind of community development uh, office, all our community centers are under us now. Okay. So we're having our meetings in our community centers, and we're engaging in that level of where do people go just to have a safe space. I like to swim. I had no idea that we have two community centers where you can walk in and swim. Indoor pools, beautiful indoor pools. Mm-hmm. I thought, my gosh, I've yeah, I, I got to go swim in the river. Uh, but those are things just that we're doing here that it's it's really it's it's really unique work, and I love it. Um, but it's hard work too. So I want to kind of address these. This is all very exciting. I want to address these in kind of reverse order uh, and and start with the community center. So uh, I was looking through some of the boards and commissions Mm -hmm. that the city has, and there are new community center boards for each district. Right. Is that under your office or coordinating with your office? How, how does that fit in? Probably when we say my office, neighborhood services, probably not through my office, mm-hmm. but through our community development administrator. Okay. He is over all our community centers. They are formulating new boards because we are built. So we, we recently built Avondale community center. Mm-hmm. We'll have East Lake community center, brand new community center, but probably by the end of the year, hopefully just depending on construction. Um, and then they're looking at all the community centers to see which ones need to be either built completely brand new or upgraded and what 
how they're going to kind of spend some capital dollars. Mm -hmm. So that would probably be like Chris Brown or Tony Sammons to talk to about community centers and the boards and the leadership. Got it. Yeah. And so then the, the walk and talks, um, it's a really great idea because I, I feel like people get very frustrated. You know, mm-hmm. they put something into 311 and it disappears into sure. cyberspace. And sometimes it gets lost. Sometimes people forget. You know, all sorts of things right. happen. But to to the average citizen, just putting it into 311, mm-hmm. it's just like, poof, it's gone. And I never hear anything ever again. I agree. But and having I, I, a place to meet someone and, and look them in the eye mm-hmm. and say, here's where I'm having issues in right. my neighborhood is very important. Right. And let's be let's be very honest. Three hundred one is great. It has some great functionality, but it, it needs. There's some opportunities for mm-hmm. improvements there as well. So in our last walk and talk, for example, we were in East Lake. Uh, we walked three blocks, and as we were walking, I myself, like I'm walking with the councilwoman, and I'm identifying these are three one one actionable items, and I pull out my cell phone as I'm walking, and I'm like plugging in three one one tickets, mm-hmm. and I'm plugging in potholes, litter pickup, what whatever it was, you know, there was just a list. I mean, I sat there for like an hour. I'm a prolific three one one user. They probably don't like me very much, <laughs> but those are actionable items that you you could drive down the road and say, "Oh, I see this huge pothole," and pull up three one one on the app and fill that in, and that hopefully is getting routed to appropriate personnel. Mm-hmm. Whole another podcast about who that goes to and what it does. But with the walk and talk, I one had never been to East Lake. Beautiful, lovely little kind of pocket neighborhood, and but we saw a like a huge. You know, I'm a city planner, and it was like the city planning 101 textbook was just coming to life underneath my feet, where I would see you know nice, you know one bedroom, little you know kind of apartments, and then there would be nice you know two three bedroom home, and then you go around the corner. And the neighborhood just took a dive. And it was like, what what's happening here that now it's a, you know, it's a dive. And we're talking about like crime, you know, it was just, it, you don't have to be an expert in it. It was like, what's happening to this home and the people living in it? And we very respectfully stayed within our boundaries of we're just there to observe. But then as we walk around, we see children who came out to talk to us and they express they don't feel safe to go out in the street. And, you know, I don't know, you, you know, I might have ridden bicycles in our streets where we grew up or we played basketball on the street. You didn't see any of that activity that you would expect to see. It was five o'clock in the afternoon. Kids getting off. We saw kids getting off the school bus and you would expect them to maybe go in and come back out and play. And I'm like, what what's happening you know is it us you know we're a unique animal out here right it's almost like we're having a little parade but people it was pretty obvious that people were nervous about us being out there but we also saw our codes team so within community development our codes uh, inspectors we saw they they must have been out there earlier in the day and it flagged some litter that needed to be picked up and You'll see that now they're using a yellow tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a strip. So they'll, you know, like if you've left your limbs in the wrong place, it's tied to the limbs and it's a strip and you might be cited to municipal court 
that's an extreme situation. But we saw evidence that our codes team had been out there that mm-hmm. day working, doing codes inspections. So it was just it was like everything was working and we were seeing it. The police were with us making sure that we were safe. It was pouring rain. We still walked. <laughs> we have umbrellas. And, you know, we it was it was it's just all hands on deck, whatever the situation is. And that was our second one that we've mm-hmm. done. Um, our first one was a little bit more just a nice stroll through a neighborhood. Our third one, who knows? Like, we, we're not trying to predict what happens. We want to see the neighborhood functioning as it is. Mm-hmm. So then we can, again, report back to people. I will say one thing that's come out of both of those sessions, and probably our third one, is the city needs a sidewalk plan. We need to know who's paying for sidewalks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I are kind of in different roles in the development world, but who's building sidewalks, who's paying for them, and what do we do with our existing ones that are literally falling apart? Yeah. We had our first walk and talk. We had a staff member step off a broken sidewalk and almost sprained her ankle. Uh, the chief of police was there, almost stepped off the same broken sidewalk into the street, like a broken sidewalk that nobody is going to do anything about that that's a problem that we need to be fixing Mm -hmm. and that's something that public works and i'll be talking about so how how do you people find out about the walk and talk schedule and how they can get involved and and be part of that yeah so it's in each uh each council district so we we in our team we market through a couple different resources uh right now we're pretty prolific on next door uh, we also do market on Facebook. We do uh, radio spots. We are a uh, public relations officer. Does media, uh, you know, media throwouts to the to the news organizations. Uh, ne- Neighborhood Services has an internal calendar where you can go on there and find all of our events. So whether it's a walk and talk or a neighborhood association, a neighborhood roundtable meeting, uh, we're trying to. Obviously, right, we've talked earlier about the city website is in the process of being updated. It's probably not where I would probably reliably send people for information. But hopefully as that gets updated, there'll be an internal calendar uh, that you can go and click on there and see what, yeah. And then what we're hoping is through our our established neighborhood associations and their list, Mm -hmm. you know, we're giving them information, hoping they're passing it on to the people that might be interested. Mm -hmm. And it's working really really well right now and we want to kind of keep it manageable because we're walking two or three city blocks and we have to have a safety plan we have to have a police officer with us and we have to all stay congregated mm-hmm. so if we get it too large of a group it's the effectiveness of it's probably going to not be as i i don't know that's a variable we'll have to look at mm-hmm. but as far as finding out where we are i think the best way is probably next door or just to call us and get on our web, uh, get on our listserv so that we can send marketing blast out to you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned neighborhood associations. I want to get into that yeah. and, and probably spend a good amount of time talking about this. So just to preface for our listeners, um, I'm heavily involved in the St. Elmo Neighborhood Association. I joined the board uh, about a year ago, and I've found it to be just one of the best ways to get involved in a real way with the way the yeah. city functions. I, I I don't even say city government at that level, no. but it, civic engagement. I mean, just right. having that platform to get people to come together, share a space, share their concerns, and then have somebody 
whose job it is to run it up the chain. Have mm, an organization absolutely. that just says, okay, here's neighbor A, B, and C. They all have these problems. You send it to the Neighborhood Association Board, who then sends it to, you know, whatever connections they have built with the city, yeah. whether it's the city council person or the public works department. Um, and, and I've learned so much from sure. from monthly meetings. I have made a lot of connections through those mm-hmm. monthly meetings. Our councilwoman, Riketa Dotley, is just fantastic and mm-hmm. comes to almost every meeting. Uh, and, you know, she's very busy with a lot of things going on, but she makes time yes. to go to our meeting and to the South Chattanooga meeting. And I think there's a couple others. So it's a really good way to interface with city government. So I just want to put that plug in there for anybody <laughs> who's like, what is a neighborhood association? Why should We're I be part of it? We're not paying you for this information. This, this is all know? me. This yeah. is just, I love them. I think every neighborhood should have one. Right. And I think uh, there's just so much potential there. Right. And, you know, I know I've, I lived in Brainerd before and they also had an active association, but it was much smaller. And so I think there's lots of different levels of potential and lots of ways to take advantage of this system to really make people feel, and not just make people feel, but to, to make people really be involved Absolutely. in the way the city runs. Yes. And so I really want to spend a lot of time on this because I, I think it's so important. And so I guess I'll just start with how does a person find what neighborhood association mm-hmm. they might be zoned for, sure. I suppose. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it, zoned for. So just to, to say the neighborhood's Neighborhood associations are are set by boundary. They go back. Some of them go back pre Chattanooga. Uh, so neighborhood neighborhood services keeps the official map and boundary list and neighborhood association list as far as like who are the neighborhood associations. We don't necessarily keep like for example, you mentioned Saint Elmo. We don't keep your membership list. Mm-hmm but you are registered with us as a neighborhood association. If that's to change, there's a process that's probably too tedious to talk about over a podcast, but it would essentially be through our office, neighborhood services, and you would have to reach out to one of our relationship specialists. And there was a process they can walk you through. Like we've had some neighborhood associations say, Hey, we've got, you know, 20 people in this group and 10 in this group, and we'd like to merge together. Mm-hmm. And, and we can do things like that. We just need to make sure it's it's almost almost as very sensitive as like the council district. You know, we would want to know like right where your council district is. And if that changes, a map has to be changed. And so your question to how do I find out who do I link up with? Right now, again, we're kind of, we'll talk in the future like that we have this magical new website. So the goal is to have, I can put my address in and then it would populate my neighborhood association Mm -hmm. and the contact person, our staff person, but also the president of the association and hopefully populate like where they meet, you know, all this data points we want to really start using more heavily because we have an office of data engagement now with the city. So we can do some really cool things in that space. Currently, as we stand now, if you don't know and you can't just kind of organically find it through talking to a neighbor or something of that nature, the best way would be to contact our office and talk to a staff person who could look it up for you and connect you with mm-hmm. with that team. So that right now would say if if we don't have the new updated fancy kind of website driven version calling our office so we can engage with you 
and we can feed that information to you is probably the best way to connect. Okay. Good. Um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the idea of, you know, maybe two small neighborhood associations mm-hmm. want to merge. Because I, I remember, I know the website is undergoing construction and things are always changing and moving mm-hmm. around. But I remember a couple of years ago, they did have a map posted and I was shocked at how small some of them were. And mm-hmm. I was actually part of a very small neighborhood association. They can be very small. I was shocked as well. And, and I almost felt that it's harder to have a cohesive voice Mm -hmm. with a small association. It's harder to almost like throw your weight around. It's harder to get a city council member to come to a neighborhood association that maybe has five people. Sure. And that's where we'll use our neighborhood round tables. Mm -hmm. So our round tables are kind of an offshoot of the association. So you're in St. Elmo, for example, and I, sorry, I should have looked at the map already, but uh, let's say there's four associations in the St. Elmo area we have what we call a neighborhood roundtable where we ask the leaders of those associations to come mm-hmm. to meetings. Right now, well, we're doing a series of kind of speaker series. I keep project. He, he keeps looking at my whiteboard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, have, I have this like massive whiteboard of stuff written behind me. So the neighborhood roundtables, the goal of that is to have a resource. So we, we've had like speakers like the chief has come, like kind of like you're doing with your podcast, different department heads have come, but we also want people that come to that meeting to leave empowered with a tool. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where then we can connect them with the city council person and the city council person does want to come to those round tables because it is a larger group of citizens and constituents so that's kind of the neighborhood association. And then like the next level is the round tables. And then the walk and talks kind of, it, it's and all of this is kind of responding to COVID and we're responding to people's concerns about, you know, COVID safety and engaging and everyone's kind of become introverted and doesn't want to necessarily go out to a public meeting and has gotten used to getting on a Zoom and being able to gauge that way. So we want to respect some historical things that we've done, but we also want to look to the future and make sure that we're just engaging people at all levels. We have young people we talk to. We have older people. We have people like our age that are really savvy with technology, but also would maybe like to just go back to writing in notebooks and being a little bit more low key. We just want to make sure that we're meeting everybody needs Mm -hmm. that's our goal mayor kelly's one chattanooga plan is about you know a thoughtful approach to what's going on with all chattanoogans right and we're part of that one chattanooga plan and and so if somebody is in an area where they either don't have a neighborhood association or their neighborhood association is inactive Mm -hmm. uh, what's kind of the process for either starting or restarting an association so I would be shocked if we find there's not anybody in your area. It may just be they're very low key. Mm -hmm. And that might be where we have to have a a pretty open conversation with the people who are meeting, whatever they are, that we have other people interested in meeting and we need to, like, we're trying to get people to understand, you know, just casually getting together at the coffee shop on Saturday, but you don't really advertise it and nobody knows how to connect with you is not a neighborhood association meeting. It's, it's a meeting of, of people, but it's not an official, like we have to follow Tennessee sunshine law. We have to public notice meetings. So if I would say, if we found you and you're in an area where there's no activity and you're interested, 
we would probably run you through what we call our neighborhood university where we would train you on how to be a neighborhood activist and we would connect you with our staff on finding other people and putting you all together and we would kind of be your support system for creating a new association Mm -hmm. or taking an existing one that's fallen in disrepair and re-engage. And that's what we have staff members right now, that that's what they're doing is they're going out there and doing the field work, finding the people and putting them back together. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a really interesting program, uh, Neighborhood University. So mm-hmm. how, how is that program set up? How can you sign up? Who's it open yeah. to? So we haven't had Neighborhood University in a while. It's some pre- previous administrations back. But it was essentially, as it kind of sounds like, it's a training ground for neighbor, for people like yourself or others who want to be interested in how to connect with city government. We run you through an official like training academy. We have a speaker series. It's it it took all. There's all kinds of variations of how it happened, and there's thoughts on how it should happen again. But essentially, it would be some kind of training academy where you come through, you go through a month long, six week program where we train you on how to engage with citizens, how to engage with city government, how to engage with your council person, and you get a nice certificate. And then hopefully what we've done then is converted you into a neighborhood association member or a leader in an established neighborhood association so that you're leading the charge. So when we come and say, okay, Nathan, you know, we know, and please, no one quote me on any of this, because I do not know any about the the, but the operating budget. I try to stay very <laughs> neutral. But if we know Mayor Kelly is very vested in um, parking lots, just pick something, parking lots, and we know in St. Elmo we need a parking lot because there's a church, you know, we know there's a need, then we can go to you and say, okay, do you guys want to take this on. And if you do, then we can kind of, because you've been to neighborhood university, then we can then take you and say, okay, here's how to talk to councilman Dotley. And here's how to get on the capital budget. And here's Mm -hmm. how to, you know, make sure that they understand this is something the community needs. And uh, our operating budget is performance based and, you know, how to write a proposal to, you know, it's kind of going towards city government without having to go get a planning degree or get, you know, like some of us did. So uh, what we want to do is just make sure people know how to connect either way. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess one, one last question, I'll kind of open it up and, and see if there's anything else you'd like to mention. But in general, is the neighborhood services department, somebody that any citizen could call and say, Hey, I have a question about, XYZ. Yeah. I don't know who to talk to. Please tell me yeah. who I should call. Absolutely. In fact, I will give you a phone number to call. So if you want to just talk to us about anything, uh, and, and really anything, because if it's not us, we know who it is mm-hmm. to talk to, right? Because I worked in the planning office. I know public work. Like if, if it's not me, I'm okay with saying it's not me, but talk to this person and here's their phone number. But mm-hmm. to call us, you would call us at 423-643-7300. To reach me directly, it's 643-7325. Mm-hmm. 
and then we'll call you back and you know talk with you about whatever it is you need to talk about and we'll connect you with the neighborhood association president we'll connect you with if it's public works mayor's office city council we'll we'll make those connections and follow them through mm-hmm. um i would say the other thing about connection you know we're relying on chattanoogans to show up to these meetings mm-hmm. And tell us what it is you need. Because the mayor, I mean, I can't say enough. It sounds like I'm like, Tim Kelly is my best friend. I I really do think Tim Kelly is the, one of the greatest mayors we've had. And I've lived in that. I've lived a lot of places. He is, he is genuinely concerned about citizens. And he wants to know what it is. But he can't be everywhere at all mm-hmm. times, right? So... This is probably one of the most, and I don't want to get too political, but progressive city governments we've had in a long time that genuinely concern, you know, they're concerned about what's going on out there in the world. And we have a lot of, you know, Chattanooga citizens. We have tourists, right? We have people who've lived here forever. We have new people moving in here. We've had people that just stop by sometimes and hey, it's kind of a cool place to run my bike we need to know what everybody is thinking about chattanooga but what we what neighborhood services really wants to know is the people have been living here forever we want to keep them living here but what is it that's causing them to not be happy i know that sounds kind of pollyannish but that's what like i spend my entire day like whose problem can i solve mm-hmm. today Right. That's that's what I'm here to do. That's awesome. I mean, this is just such a valuable resource being that point of connection. Yeah. Between people and their government. I, yeah. Because it is it is hard to get in the door and figure out who you need to talk to. And it just leads to that feeling of of isolation and, oh, my government doesn't actually represent me. Well, You've got, you've got to be involved and it can at be, some point, and it can be difficult to get involved, right. but having this doorway right. is really helpful. And it can be very intimidating, like, I mean, just as a citizen, it can be very intimidating to come to city council, right? To sit in that meeting, as open and engaging as they are, it's an intimidating meeting, right? It's intimidating. Like, I work in city hall. I... I Mayor Kelly's going to kill me when he hears that. Like, I don't like working in this building because I feel like nobody that I need to talk to comes here. That's why I'm always out in the community. Like, people will see me at Starbucks or they'll see me wherever I'm at. They're like, is she working? Yes, I'm I'm usually meeting with somebody because I try to get I try to engage with people where they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I told you earlier, we're moving out to Eastgate. So we're making a campus out there. It's like a community resource center. Uh, the Family Justice Center will be the hub. The Eastgate Mall and all the community centers that are in the, the, the mall building will be part of it. But community development will be in the old VA clinic. And so all the things that we do, neighbor, like it's you know transit accessible. Like people can get to us. And mm-hmm. we want to be somewhere where more people can assess us as well. 
Awesome. Well, is there anything else upcoming that you want to share or anything that we've missed? I, you know, we have, like I said, we have a, our walk and talk. So our next one is going to be Glass Farms, October 9th. Uh, so we'll be posting on that on next door. So that will be with uh, Councilman Coonrod. We are doing a community development summit in Eastdale uh, to talk about uh, how to engage that community. They have a lot of needs. Uh, we want to make sure that they know how to uh, market their property if they're thinking about selling their property we're going to be talking about the zoning code rewrite that's coming up mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of city government that's being done that i'm not sure a lot of people know about that mm-hmm. could have some really positive long-term effects on chattanooga uh, so we're just hoping to be out there marketing those events answering questions and connecting people's resources that they might need Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks so much. Come anytime. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chatcivics. Or visit the website, chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.